Hi, I'm Alex. And I'm Erica. And welcome to Priestesses Prescribe, a self-discovery podcast based in mystical wellness. We came together as priestesses from different backgrounds and modalities with a common mission to empower and support you on your intuitive journey. We'll aim to prepare you for the energies of the new and full moons every month while expanding on themes that will connect you with your highest self. The priestesses have written you the prescription. All you have to do is take it. Now, let's start our ritual. Hey, Erica. Hey, Alex. How are you? I'm doing well. I had um, I had a trying weekend with my daughter, Shiva. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Realizing now that parenthood is not easy. Not at all. Not linear. And I think having a kid is going to be a lot easier. <laughs> really? Yeah, like kids can't mouth you. Like if they mouth you, like those teeth, they don't hurt. Like okay. they can't That's charge okay. you. <laughs> like this girl is spirited to say okay. the very least. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Leo. She's very determined and very strong willed and, you know, beautiful. She gets stopped on the streets. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what comes along with that? Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. You know, when you said mouth, I thought you meant like talk back. Oh, she I was does like, that well, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, well, your kids will definitely talk back to you. <laughs> I was like, so are you sure that will be easier? But I, I get what you're saying. You now. know what it is? Yeah. So she's a teenager right now because she's like eight oh. months. So they they say that like this is the adolescence years, and yeah. um, it's so it's it's basically like adopting a teenager, mm-hmm. which is like awful. I mean, like who wants to your teenager? Re- revolts against you even if they're your flesh and blood yeah so imagine she's like you guys have all these rules like i didn't fucking ask for that yeah that's tough and remember you said that um you would be a really great boy mom to human children and she was a girl yeah and teenage girls are very different (laughs) energy uh so i can understand the the tryingness of it all oh my god yeah like it's reminding me of my childhood and how awful I was to my mom. Yeah, I get that. And like why my mom tried to control me and like how I'm like trying to control this like literal beast in my home. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of parallels. It's definitely bringing me back. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? At least there's a way to become aware of that now. Yeah. And then when the human kids come, because you don't know if you will actually have a girl, you may want boys, but just in case you do have a girl, at least by the time that she shows up in the human realm, there'll be tweaks and adjustments that you can make so that I would the cycle doesn't continue. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I I have been reaching out to my guides for help. You know, when you said like, we only have three prayers, help, help now. And thanks. And thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, thanks and help now. <laughs> help, help now, yeah. thanks. They're all three on rotation, but mainly help now. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're, we always talk about blossoming into different aspects of womanhood. Mm-hmm. And for some of us, motherhood is a part of our womanhood journey. So, you know, it's, it's preparation. Yeah. Preparation. Yeah. It's true. I know it will yeah. get easier, but... Yeah, I'll babysit her. I can't do that to you right now. (laughs) 
no but you know i i've always won i wish that i can have all girls and i sort of desire i can't, i look forward to having like four daughters and they're all being like teenagers around the same time in my mind <laughs> that will bring me so much joy i don't know about the reality of it so when days when you need a break i'll totally babysit her and okay. we'll go to the pet groomers <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a new jacket okay we'll go to you know oh. doggy daycare it'll be incredible but that's she what aunties are for I yes exactly and Erica is her favorite exactly. already yeah she's not a big fan of my well, not not really but the reason why I'm talking like this is because yesterday we brought out like cheese and meat and she like became like a mongrel and like I had to you know it was a whole thing I had to like put her in her Great. And my friend, my dear friend Donnie was over and she was like, maybe I shouldn't have like trotted out that meat and like kind of, you know, rubbed her face in it. And then we all said, no, like she can't have it. And I'm like, yeah, you know, hindsight's 2020. So she's yeah. not a big yeah. fan of Auntie Donnie probably right now, but hopefully yeah. she gets over it. No, she'll, she'll, and honestly, every mom has her role. Mm-hmm. Aunties have their role. Like, so, you know, I, I will be fun aunt, but like, yeah. I, I'm not the greatest disciplinarian. So, but she needs that from um, Auntie Dawn, you said? Yeah. Oh, my friend Donnie. Yeah. Donnie. Yeah. Like yeah. she needs that. So don't like every person in a child's life has a role. That's yeah. why they say it takes a village, even with a dog. That's so true. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. She like, she softened up and, and loves That's her, good. but yeah, it's, it's true because what's great to see too, is that Leshik and I are very consistent. So we're very like, we're pretty strict and we just know that like, if the boundaries are set now, it'll be way easier as she gets older. So yeah, it's kind of That's like true. par for the course, yeah, but yeah, being sure. an aunt is way more fun, like way, oh, more, way fun. more fun. Yeah. Way more fun. And I look forward to it. And I, I know that when I have my daughters, I'm going to have to remember like I'm mom, I'm not the aunt. So, you know, I'll have my struggles too. Don't worry. When I get my cat or my dog, I'm sure they'll begin to, my struggles will begin to show up. <laughs> we'll be talking about them on the podcast. It's so true. So yeah. God willing <laughs> that you have some problems that I can help you through it. Um, not, not that you have problems, but you know. No, 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 no. Life is, that's struggles. life. Mm-hmm. That's life. It's, you know, here we are. One last thing on that, my friend Donnie told me something her dad told her, which is like, there's a time and a place for parenting and there's a time and a place for friendship or like the aunt uncle relationship and it's not in the parent. Yeah. You know, uh, it's always interesting, even our intro banter, how it segues into the astro cosmo aspect of our work and also the tarot because there's a lot of parent child dynamics healing changing work Mm. that this new moon is all about so yeah let's take it away take it away it's a perfect segue so this is the new moon in taurus happening on may 11th this is a time taurus season where we value like hard work, determination, loyalty, comfort, and we don't love change. 
<laughs> so we've been through a lot of change. We've we've experienced quite a bit as a collective. And so right now, you know, most of this season is about really acknowledging what are we here to work on and let's get to work. So a Taurus is totally fine with like goals in mind, you know, one foot in front of the other, practicality and just working through it. But with this new moon, we also have, so we have the sun, the moon and Uranus squaring Saturn and Aquarius. And so there's this consciousness of We know that work actually leads to change, but what about our situation are we comfortable with changing? Like it's almost this paradigm of like we know that we're putting in work to change ourselves, yet we don't want to change. That's the that's the Torian digging your heels in and Aquarius in Saturn says, but look, the foundation is cracked. We saw that. And so we need to make changes. What are you willing to change? You know, what are you willing to look at in the foundation of your own life to rewire it or, you know, look at things a little bit differently? So the question becomes, how do we structure our lives to adapt rather than structuring our lives to keep us safe and comfortable? You know, we talked about your Saturn return and just Saturn returns in general in the episode before this. So go back and check that out if you haven't listened. But this is like a mini Saturn return for everyone. So just think of it like that. If it feels tense, if it feels uncomfortable, that's the point. Saturn is there to, to be the disciplinarian to all of us, to be the, the father figure, to say, you know, these are the structures that have kept you safe up until this point. But if you really want to grow and change, then we need to rework the way we've structured ourselves. Yes, 100%. I love that you equated this time to the Saturn return. Because one thing that I've learned, and we talked about these lessons a little bit in the first episode of the Saturn return. It's like, it's harsh lessons, major growth, and it's really like a a shaking up of the foundation. Uh, And that is very visible in the tarot aspect of this reading. So let's get into the origins and the body region of this new moon in Taurus. So it's the neck the throat, vocal cords, the thyroid glands, and the tonsils, in addition to your Adam's apple. So very much so centered around your throat chakra region and this want to express yourself, but maybe not necessarily knowing how to do so yet. And hopefully today we will give you some tools on how to go about expressing some of that past pain and past trauma. And the quote that goes along with this new moon is, the day that the child realizes that all adults in their lives are imperfect, she becomes an adolescent. The day that she forgives them, she becomes an adult. And the day that she forgives herself, she becomes wise. And that quote is by Alden Nolan. So the first card that presents itself is the Six of Cups, and it showed up in a neutral position, so it wasn't upright, neither was it reversed. So I'm going to give a little bit of both of the meanings. So upright, it's all about revisiting the past, childhood memories, innocence, and joy. But in its reverse position, it's about living in the past, forgiveness, and lacking an aspect of playfulness. When the reverse Six of Cups appears in a reading, we're being asked to determine if we're clinging on to the past and losing 
touch with the present current moment. There are things that reflect that we're reflecting on and it's very nostalgic on our past experiences in our childhood that may be bringing up really positive thoughts, but are also bringing up very negative thoughts. But either way, when we find ourselves wishing for how things used to be and not necessarily living in the present, we have to understand that in that position, we're not able to see all of the opportunities that are currently presenting themselves. So it's okay to indulge in a little bit of reminiscing about the past and how things used to be as long as we understand that true and lasting change can only happen in the present moment. When we see the Six of Cups, we have to understand that it's an opportunity to make peace with the past so we can focus on moving forward in the future, learning from our mistakes, forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, and acknowledging that life is continually evolving. We have to let go of the past and bring our attention firmly into the present so we can heal right now. The second card in this reading is the Eight of Swords. Again, this reading is a little bit heavy, but that's okay. Because the Eight of Swords is all about negative thinking, self-imposed restrictions, imprisonment, and a victim mentality. The Eight of Swords reveals that you may be feeling trapped or restricted by your circumstances. Again, the perspective and being trapped in the past. You may be believing that your options are limited with no clear path out. You may also be in a situation that is not necessarily in alignment with your higher being. You are feeling trapped between a rock and a hard place with no resolution available. However, please do take note that the woman in the card is not entirely imprisoned by the eight of swords that are around her neck in some images or just surrounding her. If she wanted to escape, she could. She merely needs to remove her blindfold and free herself from the self-imposed bindings that she's essentially putting herself through. So when the Eight of Swords appears in a tarot reading, it comes with a warning that your thoughts and your beliefs are no longer serving you. And you may be overthinking about things and creating negative patterns or limiting yourself by only considering the worst case scenario. It is time to get out of your head, and let go of these thoughts and beliefs that are holding you in the past. And as you change your thoughts, you can really change your reality. You can replace your negative thoughts with positive ones, and you will also start to see more favorable situations manifesting in your reality. The Eight of Swords can also ensure us that we will find a way out of our current predicament. We just need a new perspective. We can also use the resources around us in a way that's a little bit different. So for example, if she was to grab one of those swords, she can cut the blindfold and she can knock the rest of the swords down and run as fast as she can to freedom. So just understand that it's possible for us to break free from self-imposed bondage. But in order to do so, we really just have to see what is currently happening to us and move forward in a way that's not filled with restriction, imprisonment, and empowerment. The last card is the Five of Cups, which is all about regret, failure, disappointment, and pessimism. So when the Five of Cups appears, we're being asked to assess if the situation has turned out in the way in which we have expected. You may be feeling sad, regretful, disappointed, and instead of moving on with your life, we're choosing to wallow. And all we can focus on is what has gone wrong and what we have failed to do. 
However, and I say this with all the love in the world, we really have to choose awareness and move forward from this stuck position that we might be feeling currently. Sure, it's okay to feel all the feels. And yes, right, we have an opportunity to wallow in our feelings and sort of have a bit of a pity party. But eventually, we have to move forward and we have to move on. Because the Five of Cups is suggesting to us that we have the ability to have this idea of like a fear addiction and really, really get stuck in the past because we're blaming ourselves. We're blaming other people. We're not necessarily taking ownership of life circumstances, but these negative emotions are really holding us back from seeing our fullest potential. We have to release them so we can move forward and create positive change. Lastly, the Five of Cups is also showing us that even though things aren't going the way that we desired, new opportunities and new possibilities are awaiting us, but it's really all our responsibility and on us to be ready to move forward in love, in light, and in abundance. Woof. <laughs> it's not the most positive reading. I and again, I don't love to give these, but at the same time, the truth is the truth. You know, it is. It's important. You know, like yeah. growth is not linear. Not at all. And a lot of what you're talking about, and a lot of what is happening astrologically, is like yeah. it's it's taking a, a setback and learning from it because. Life is not always like going up in a in an in a hockey stick trajectory, which would be like lovely for all of us. But we would probably eventually like take it for granted and become complacent. And you know, a lot of this hard work and determination, and it, it's it's not easy stuff to like look in the past, acknowledge stuff that you feel like you've moved on from or healed from, or that is not even relevant to you. I'm sure. Many of you, myself included, are going to be like, this doesn't resonate with me at all. <laughs> this one's not for me. And hey, by the way, take take what works for you and leave what doesn't. That's true of any of these readings because we're reading for hundreds of you, you know, maybe eventually thousands. But the reality is, is it's not going to hit every time at every single chord. But I urge you to go past that discomfort at the beginning, which is like, uh, I don't want to hear that. And like, really think, is there anything that I could look at in my past, anything that I'm looking back on with regrets, anything that is holding me back? I'd venture to bet there's at least one limiting behavior that stems from your upbringing or your even if it was a very idyllic childhood. Alex, I love the way that you phrased that because you're right, there's an initial refusal or like a resistance rather to hearing the not so great aspects of tarot or astrology when they come up. But I do love the way that you are sort of pressing people to sort of see beyond what is perceived as negative and move past that and get the lesson, right? And get the healing that this new moon has the opportunity to show us. And in order to sort of help us get to the root of whatever we may be struggling with, I came up with a list of ways in which 
our wounded inner child can show up presently that we're not aware of. And hopefully in hearing these lists of things, one of them resonates with you and gives you an opportunity to explore the possibility of change in this new season. So the first one is a fear of abandonment. The second is having inappropriate guilt or basically feeling guilty when there's no reason to feel guilty at all. The third is having a fear of setting boundaries or having too rigid of boundaries. The fourth is being quick to anger and rage or feeling emotionally unstable. And the fifth is having a very difficult time of letting go of the past. And again, it might not seem super apparent, but hopefully this example that I will give you will allow you to explore these five a little bit more. So one for me that comes up is being quick to anger and rage. I'm not as quick to anger and rage as I used to be, but in therapy, I had to explore very recently this this feeling of unfairness of having to be mature, right? So I feel like I'm facing like a lot of situations personally, uh, familiarly, where, you know, I have to take the high road and it sucks <laughs> a little bit because part of me, like, why does everyone else get to behave inappropriately? You know, why do other people get to say what they want to say? And I have to be the one that sort of quells my fire and I can't fully articulate the, myself in the way that I want to. And my therapist was basically saying like, that's maturity. That's what it is. That's what happens when you become emotionally sound. There are things that you may want to say, but you just know that they're inappropriate. And I realized my childhood pattern and the reasons why I would have emotional and rage-filled and anger-filled outbursts was because I never really felt heard right? So because I didn't feel heard in my regular like voice and my regular tone from an emotional standpoint, like if I was articulating something like a, like a physical need or a financial need, I was always heard, you know, like, oh, I need a hundred dollars to do this, or I need a new bed set because, you know, the one that I'm sleeping on, I've outgrown. But if I was saying something like, you know, I don't feel comfortable doing this or saying a feel statement, it was almost as if my thought was dismissed. Mm -hmm. So in order to finally get my emotions heard, I realized that if I yell and if I scream and if I cry and if I have an emotional outburst that people stop and they finally listen to what I have to say. And when I tell you that like that just came together a month ago, <laughs> that just came together like four weeks ago in therapy when I was processing that. So the way that quick to anger and rage showed up in my life wasn't just from a standpoint of like, I need anger management and I'm angry. It literally came from like, I feel like I don't have a voice. Why are people not listening to me? Why are, are my emotional needs not being met? Isn't it amazing when those breakthroughs happen, but it's like, yeah. until yeah. that point, that's where, like, I almost said this and I was like, going to be a little facetious at the beginning. Like, oh, you have a Sagittarius moon. This is where I think astrology can be detrimental if people are like, well, I have emotional outbursts because I'm a Scorpio moon or I'm a Sag moon. And it's like, mm, no. No, <laughs> it's usually yes, but of, no. Yes, but no. Like, because there's really there's, like, there's the way that you could have done that in a healthy way, which is like being direct, like saying what you felt, but not necessarily quick to 
anger. And anger is the detriment of like, you know, a really it's not a detrimental emotion. It's the way anger is normal, but like the way it's expressed right. can be harmful. Right. No. No. It's so interesting to hear you say how that happens to you and how, you know, of course, behind closed doors or with loved ones or in your past, because I think I'll speak for the whole community to say <laughs> that you are so measured and so composed. Yeah. So in your voice is so, so clear and so wise and so empathetic. So I'm really glad that you have found it and you you know, feel confidence to, to share like on this platform for sure. But also that, I mean, we don't see any of that, you know? So I think you've yeah. worked to a point where, you know, give yourself some credit. Like you really don't have, I know plenty of people who have emotional outbursts like frequently <laughs> and yeah. you're not one of them. So <laughs> it's few and far yeah. between, you know? No. Yeah, definitely. Now anyway. Right. Now. But I, I think for me, the trigger was recently just being put in situations where I'm just like, I'm triggered, you know, and, and that Sagittarian moon slash wounded inner child behavior really wanted to manifest and show up in a way that was harmful. And the fact that I couldn't, you know, it was like, I was myself as a woman now was holding my inner child like and covering her mouth like don't you dare say that but then even as an adult it's like a little bit of why, why can't I you know because mm -hmm. that other person's wounded inner child is not being reeled in like why don't they have someone uh, their more mature essence holding them back you know so it, it's almost like uh it's very vibrational like mm -hmm. if you're in an interaction that's a little bit low vibrational rather than going to that lower energy, either stay where you are or ascend higher. But the human 3D version of ourselves, like we want, I, I want to share my truth sometimes that are, that's not always filtered. Right. <laughs> you know, like, yes, it might hurt this other person's feelings, <laughs> but then sometimes you want to do that. Like, because if, if you're, if you're filled with anger and you're filled with emotion at the time, and if you felt pain, what do you want to do? You want to give that back to the other person. But all in all, is that mature? Yes. To behave like that for sure. And if you know better, should you do better? 1000%. But either way, there is, there's something underneath that. And that's sort of the point that I'm trying to make with my with my example, you know, there's when because we're not perfect and because we're not dead, <laughs> there there's so many more things that we have to focus on, but it really shows up in like super duper duper tiny ways that if we paid a little bit more attention to, we'll see that whoa, there's something there. There's something there that we have to pay attention to and address sooner than later. Yeah. I know. I feel like part of maturity is actually addressing those things when they come up and not ignoring them and like not burying your head in the sand. It, it can happen with, you know, breakthroughs in therapy, difficult transits, you know, pay attention to how you're, how you deal with it when you're faced with it or, or when it's become aware, you've become aware to either what's happening within you in something like a therapy session, like you're saying, or when you read, like, there's going to be a difficult transit or hear that right now, like, how do you deal? Because that's kind of the, that's, I think the, a hinge point of maturity as well. Like, what are you going to do? You can, there's no positive or negative 
cards or transits. It's not like one's bad and one's really good. It's like some are more harmonious and easy and some are more difficult. But the more difficult things in life are usually the times that we remember and where we grow the most. Like if you're talking about a fight that you had and you had a, it led to a breakthrough in therapy, I, I venture to bet you're going to remember that for the rest of your life and you most likely won't make that mistake again because you learned it the hard way. So isn't that better than not better or worse, but like, isn't that just as poignant as a really beautiful transit that you remember as well? Yeah. And honestly, the, the greatest lessons come in the moments of struggle or in that analogy of like the, the valley and the mountaintop, like the, the mountaintop is only sweet because of everything that you've gone through in that uphill battle. You know, mm-hmm. so I definitely do agree that, like you said, like there's nothing, there's no good, there's no bad. Everything in life is truly neutral. But this new moon is re- a really great opportunity to come into awareness of some struggles that you may still be working through to come out better on the other side. And and that's what's the most, that's the most important thing. And for the prescription that I would love everyone to focus on for this new moon is sort of identifying the way in which your inner child struggle may be showing up right now. And again, I'll give you the five ways that I see the struggle manifest itself, but know that there are more than five, right? So again, it's the fear of abandonment. And that can also show up as I'm going to leave you first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> An insecure attachment style, right? Insecure attachment style. Or totally. anxious attachment style? Fear of abandonment. I think it's anxious attachment style because that's what I have. Well, it's all, but I'm, what am I? I am the opposite of anxious. So I am avoidant. Yes. That's the, that's a fear of abandonment. But I, again, I'm going to leave you first. So I'd rather abandon you before you abandon me because at least my ego is still intact. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I do that same thing too. <laughs> Okay. But I feel anxious about it. (laughs) You feel anxious about it. Yeah. Where I'm like, I hope you don't take me up on this. (laughs) I hope you validate my feelings, but I'm going to leave you. (laughs) No. And that's for for me, like I will actually leave and I won't feel bad about it for like three months. And then one day it'll just be a floodload of emotions. And I'm like, no, 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 please like come back, come back. But in the moment I'm totally fine because I'm very serious, but my ego Mm. is serious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the soul is not. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So just to start again for the list. (laughs) No, it's okay. It's okay. Identifying the, identifying the ways in which your child wound may show up. Right. And the five that we're helping you guide yourself through are the fear of abandonment, having inappropriate guilt, having a fear of setting boundaries or having too rigid of boundaries being quick to anger or rage or just feeling emotionally unstable or ungrounded. And the last one is a difficulty letting go of things in the past. Again, there are a lot more, but I'm pretty sure if you were to meditate and pray on these five, you will find one that really resonates intuitively with you and your struggles. And so we're not just sort of leaving you hanging with a state of awareness, once you do figure out which one resonates with you, we're going to follow the body region of this Newman and Taurus and activate our throat chakra by sharing 
our newfound awareness with someone. And that could be a therapist, a trusted family member, a friend, or share with us. You can DM us on Instagram at priestesses prescribe or feel free to email us. And the reason why we're doing that is because in order to heal, we need to be able to commune around our wounds with others who've gone through the same or a similar struggle. We need to ensure that we're not going through this alone and that we build connections with our fellow sisters and brothers in healing, right? Because it's unfair to just know and not have any support. Should we do a live? Oh, that would be a great idea, actually. Yeah. I personally have, I mm. went through four out of these five yesterday. Oh, you see? <laughs> The transit, you feel them <laughs> if you allow yourself to go there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I think like the um, inner child stuff comes out a lot easier when you have a kid that you're trying to parent. Yeah. And, you know, this is obviously a dog, but for all of you parents of, of dogs or cats, or actual children, I'm sure you probably see some of that inner child come out when you're trying to be the parent and you're also trying to recognize what did I hate as a kid? You know, what did I rebel against? It's really difficult if you're not aware to not repeat that pattern. It, it comes pretty easily because it's what you know. So yeah. like Leshek said to me yesterday, you know, this, this kid doesn't like rules, doesn't like to be controlled, doesn't like to be told what to do. Who does that sound like? <laughs> like we both were like, fuck, she's really our kid. Mm-hmm. Even though she's adopted, she's mm-hmm. a lot like us, you know? So that's a real loop-de-loop. Yeah. Yeah, but it's good though. It, what is it? There's a saying that we, we revisit the same lesson over and over again until we get it. And that's the beautiful thing about the universe and the beautiful thing about our higher power is that there's always such love and a desire for wholeness and at every opportunity of life, whether it's, you know, parenting, whether it's, you know, dealing with our own self and our relationships and our friendships and our families, there's always an opportunity to confront that thing, to finally move past it. So really this transit that feels a little bit heavier than the light and fluffy stuff that we typically deal with is really the universe's way of showing us the grandest amount of love. Because finally, it's another opportunity to reach ascension. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. So please, we're, we're going to do the live. Yeah which is wonderful. We will announce the date on our Instagram page. So follow us if you have not followed us and come prepared to, to share, you know, and, and, and we appreciate your willingness to be open and vulnerable during, during a more interesting transit and new moon. We value your support. If you would like to join the live, we would love that. But we would also love a review or a share with a friend who may need to hear this podcast. So again, thank you so much for being here and we'll see you on the flip. Yes. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.